You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a What a Night part of the 90 Men Podcast Network. Hope you... Uh, really enjoyed the other night and enjoyed Spurs flying through to Wembley off the back of a good win against Brentford. My name's Ben Haynes. I'm here with Hunter Godson, keeping things firm at the back, our box-to-box creative midfielder Jude Summerfield, and our man up top slamming it into the goal hole from close range with plenty of dice, Dan Kilpatrick. <laughs> How you doing, boys? Everyone okay? We've not had the four four-a-side team in a while and I was like, yeah, I saw Dan's face almost like what's he talking about box to box goal machine we need we need Shawnee yeah we do, we, do. Back. Yeah. we need we need a bit of flair don't we three step overs and then down a blind alley yeah I really liked his um <laughs> his breakdown of Brentford it was lovely a lovely oh. soothing yeah, three minutes Very wasn't it just yeah so that yeah the, the, the bat signal's gone out for you Sean yeah you're very much, very much requested back in. So um, let's uh, let's break it down. We're through to a League Cup final, Jude. You can't get much better place to start than that, can you? Yeah, just lovely. Our first uh, domestic final since 2015. We'll see our first one since 2019, and maybe it'll last a little longer than the two minutes, <laughs> or even one minute <laughs> that we had against Liverpool. But what a minute it was! Oh, what? Oh, the feeling that oh, it was. We just didn't incredible. have it. We yeah. did have none of it. It was wiped out straight away. So maybe there'll be more of a hope that we can win mm. in the final. It is <laughs> cup, but we'll uh, we'll see. It's just nice to be in a final, isn't it? Something to look something, to. something I've never told anyone before, and I don't know if if our colleague Scott Saunders even remembers this, but I after the, they scored the penalty, <laughs> I turned to him and I went, "It's fine. It's fine." 
<laughs> it's fine. Like that's that's fine because it like it means now there's like no expectation, and then sort of like over the course of the next hour and a half, I was like. It's not fine. <laughs> Do you know what? I know what I said before, but I was lying. <laughs> uh, yeah. Sort of that panic look. It's fine, it's fine. Um, oh. Yeah, Hunter, what, what was your take on the other night? Lots of good bits to start with. Yeah, lots of good bits. Uh, just a, I, I quite liked how it just felt like a very generic win, in a way. It didn't. Uh, uh, there was sort of like... It didn't feel like a semi-final, and that may be the ongoing global pandemic. Who can who can say for sure? But it just didn't. It didn't have that. Um, it didn't have that sort. I didn't have that fear, that sickness I tend to get around these sorts of games. That's um, a really good point. But but when as soon as the final whistle went, I got I got that that genuine excitement that we're going to a final, and that, that there is something to be said for that. You get you, the older you get, you sort of think, well, maybe it's just we don't get to many finals. But I sometimes think, am I going to feel like that? And then, it, yeah, when it happened, it's a shame that it's three and a half months away, but it is. It's it's a really oh, nice feeling. It is a nice feeling. I know. Um, Dan, hearing Chan Dave at full time was a treat, wasn't it? Yeah. Great. Did you see Musa Sissoko's interview on Sky? Yeah. I watched it the next day. <laughs> So do you know the song? He's like, nope. <laughs> um, is it yeah. Lucas he, Ward? He will do now. Legends, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Lucas Ward, yeah, loves Oh man, he kind of got did a little speech when he presented himself with the Man of the Match trophy. Mm. No, he's, he's such a top bloke, and he um he had a, he had a really good game. He was yeah. kind of shackles mm. off and at the heart of of everything Spurs did well going forward. And then afterwards, he was the only player to to kind of hang around and do a few minutes on the phone with the papers. So I've got a lot of time for, oh, for Musa. What a ledge. It is, do you know what? Just before we get into the, the good properly, there, I don't know if all players realise this, but there's so much good favour that you can almost call in off the back of just going the extra mile with little things like that. Mm. People really do remember it, don't they? Yeah, it means a lot. Oh, yeah, it? D- definitely. Yeah. I, think yeah. We should, I think we should start the good with Musa Sissoko. Because he, was, he was man of the match, wasn't he? Or he was at least my man of the match. Um, and it was probably his best game in a Spurs shirt, arguably, up there. Just in terms of how how progressive he was with the ball. And I know he said in his post-match, he said that he'd been told by Mourinho, basically, when you get the ball, go forward, don't think about it. Just And it looked like, he, as you said, he almost had the shackles off. Um because usually what we what we know of Sissoko is he he covers ground really well and he's gonna he's gonna back up your right back and your the other central midfielders. But he was breaking beyond the lines. He was he scored a header. I mean that's insane. He scored that's what his what a header as well. Like, was it you, Dan, who said that's his first shot of twenty twenty or his first shot of the it season? Was Ali Tweedell. Yeah, Ali Tweedell. Friend of the pod. Friend of the pod, Ali Tweedell. So that's his first that's <laughs> his first um, shot of the season. <laughs> Such a good turn of um, phrase. I love it. And, and and then he was getting down, putting balls into the area. I just thought if if he can add that to his game and he can be more like that, then he can play in those games where I have accused him of not being able to play. I, I, it feels like at the moment there's a lot of people trying to make... They're playing their way into the team and it means that we're playing slightly better and I think that's a, a good thing. Well, the games yeah, mean something. That he's... Go on, Dan. Sorry, Ben. It's worth saying that that performance came after he had been dropped for Winks for three games. Exactly. And I think the the natural conclusion there was that Mourinho wanted someone who was a bit better on the ball. He kind of responding to this criticism that Spurs were being too negative, and he was trying to be a bit more progressive. And Winks is is obviously you know a better passer than Sissoko, and generally 
you know, generally he's perceived as a, a kind of more progressive player. And then Sissoko came back in the team and, you know, as Hunter says, had one of his best games for Spurs with the ball, nearly set up Son in the second half with that cross uh, that Son volleyed just wide and, and was generally at the heart of a lot of good moves, albeit not the second goal. Mm. Um, and it was funny, we, we were in the press box and we, we just ended up in conversation with, with um, Charlie Eccleshare at The Athletic about kind of Sissoko's, I think, debut for Newcastle against Chelsea when he scored two unbelievable goals. And if you look back on that footage now, you will not believe it's the same player. It's like two properly great finishes. <laughs> and Sissoko obviously has at one point or other you know, had that ability in the final third in his armoury and it's kind of weird how I think it must be a confidence thing he just has totally lost confidence in front of goal mm. but it's not like he's never been a player who's um, you know not not been able to, to score goals or create goals as Spurs mm. fans should know well given that he you know, was a big part of that infamous 5-1 defeat at St James's Park so yeah, it will be intriguing to see if, if he does you know, play with the shackles off a bit more often. I'm so I'm so <laughs> delighted that we win. We win and Jude's dog's back. Get it it's, in. It's, it's yeah. meant to be. It's written in the stars. Um, Jude, what, let's, let's go on to talk a little about the second goal because that was a beauty as well, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, I think my dog's a little old and senile now, so she's only just celebrating that second goal. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. No, the second goal was um, was beautifully laid out, wasn't it? Um, it's just nice having Son, Kanan, and Dombele all all figuring out in the in the same move, and then the run from Son was brilliant as well. He, he's, I think, he gives it off to Kane, and then he just starts sprinting all the way through. I had a look at one of those like uh, breakdown goals that. Spurs put on Twitter like those little clips and it shows like oh he's running at 50 miles an hour and stuff like that um, I don't think it was that fast but it was pretty quick um, I love those sort of sailing finishes that just sort of just arch arch over the keeper oh, yeah. who's sort of going down and just thumps into the back of the net um, but yeah that was a proper good and it was it was right after that um, disallowed goal I think pretty soon after so it was the perfect little sucker punch to just deflate Brentford a little bit. Was, uh, yeah, was, the... Sorry, I was going to no, say, there's a lot of chat uh, on uh, during the game about oh, Brentford being slightly negative here. At some point, they're gonna, really going to have to push for it. And I just felt like, you know, Brentford know about what Spurs have at the moment. And they know that if they push too far up the pitch, they're going to get caught. And then, you know, that was a great example of they tried to come out a little bit. Spurs turned the ball over, moved it really well. That was a really well-worked uh, pass where everyone was moving before the ball got to them. Everyone knew where they were supposed to be. The weight of pass from Ndombele is is fantastic because it means that Son doesn't have to divert his run at all. He can just meet it. And, and the finish is, well, as Jude said, so satisfying to hit it just up into the goal and just slap the back of the net. That that just shows how confident Son is at the moment to just be able to put that much power behind a finish and go, yeah, that's going in anywhere. It was a it was a really satisfying goal that 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 we needed at the time because as as you said, you know the the disallowed goal, which was rightly disallowed for offside. I don't know why there was any sort of outrage towards that whatsoever. Um, was was Spurs at their worst, and it was something. It's the same thing. It's a set piece and not dealing with the first ball and then not dealing with the second ball. Um, but, but but 
as Jude said, we, we responded well and we came back and we scored a really good goal and, and there, there does have to be credit for that. Um, Dan, he's, he, I know we've said this before, but he's looking properly cold in front of goal at the moment, isn't he, Dan? He, he gets in those positions and you just... I know we've we've covered this to death on the pod, but you just don't think he's going to miss and the finishes are just getting sweeter and sweeter. Yeah, it's amazing. We've said it before in the pod, as you said, but... It, amazing the transformation he's made because in his first season he always struck me as the guy who you didn't want to have too much time to think about a chance he wanted him to have a kind of half a half a second to kind of snap at a shot and score a wonder goal you didn't want him running through on goal with loads of options but now you know there's there's barely anyone else in the Premier League I think that you'd that you'd want kind of one-on-one with the goalkeeper he's just got loads of different finishes he's got both feet he can slide it past the keeper he can put it over the keeper as he showed on Tuesday. I wonder what and that also, comes down to, though. Like, where does that come from? I think, How it, do you, do you... I think it's a confidence thing, but mm. he's just gone up several levels as a player since then, hasn't he? He's just clearly, you know, a, a different um, proposition altogether for defenders. And just to pick up on Hunter's point about Brentford kind of pushing up a little bit, I just don't think anyone knows how to stop on you know this goes for every Premier League side if any team pushes up just a little bit and wants to play a high line and that includes Liverpool you know includes um, Southampton obviously who, who got absolutely destroyed by him um, Arsenal you know the, the West Ham pretty Leeds, much every goal he City, scored this City. season is, is Leeds yeah I mean, pretty much every goal he scores this season it just you know, defence is trying to be a bit progressive, squeeze the space a little bit, and Son just breaks from the last man and scores, and, and mm. no one's really worked out how to stop him. And if Ndombele can start, you know, contributing a few more of those passes, we know that Kane's good for a few a game. It's it's just such a dangerous weapon, and it's so perfect for the way Mourinho wants to play. Particularly when you see Kane on that half turn, because he's mm. dropping into pockets that are deeper than a 10 now. He's dropping into pockets that are almost like a halfway line, you know, and spinning, releasing Ndombele, who's then... I mean, the weight of pass was just stunning. Absolutely mm. gorgeous. Yeah, it was lovely. And, and I, I mean, he had, he had another really good game in general, I thought. Just, just it's so enjoyable watching those players. I mean, I, my favourite Spurs player was Moussa Dembele. And, the, the, and there is elements of tango that, that are similar to him. I'd still say Moussa Dembele was... Uh, on a different planet for me. I think one of the most criminally underrated players that Spurs ever had, to be honest. And, um, he, you know, he's he's young, so he's still learning the trade. But the way that he moves away from players, there's not many players in world football that can do that. And it's really, it's just lovely that we've got him on our team. <laughs> well, do you know what? Minutes. Instead of doing... <laughs> 90 <laughs> yeah. minutes! Friend, friend of the pod. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we should, do you know what? We should do this now, like because we'll do a couple of other bits in the beautiful, but like... He was. It was party time towards the end, wasn't it? Yeah, he was doing. He did one flick into the area. I can't remember who it was round, which which defender it was round, but he sort of he he was letting the ball bounce in front of him, knowing that he was going to do a little dink and then try a shot after. You can see his brain moving two or three moves ahead, but he's just yeah. When he's in when he's in that sort of party mode, he had a shot from like the most impossible angle and hit the post. But you know what he's trying? He's trying to curl it with the outside of his left foot into the goal I was like it's great to watch and it makes I mean these these are the players that make you enjoy watching football and and when he's he's on form it's 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 a great sight uh, we do need to do 
uh, the bad bit because I think we should be fair here. There was a couple of Spurs-esque moments, wasn't there, Jude? There's a couple of, of moments where you're just like, oh, no, please. We've been so efficient. Like, just don't let that creep back in. Yeah. Um, Hugo dropping the ball in the six-yard box, wasn't it? Um, and then just the, 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 the disallowed goal that they, they had scored, it just seemed like this was all coming home to roost again. Like Spurs <laughs> have taken a one-goal a one lead again and they've not held on to it and we've been sucker-punched and now they've got to go into another gear. But um, Yeah, that, break, break down the, the, the offside goal for us. It, it, wasn't, it wasn't pretty, was it? No, it was a weird, it was a weird one. Um, I think it's um, Ivan Tony who, who sort of gets that run at the ball in the first place. He kind of misses it. Um, and then the ball comes back at him. Hugo's sort of flapping around in the air, trying to get something on it. And it's just like I, it's just pure luck that Tony slipped over and he's got a knee past Sissoko's foot. <laughs> it's ridiculous. If you just look back at it, it's one of the you you're just tearing your hair out if you're if you're a Brentford fan because like how unlucky is that that he's just slipped and he's like st- okay, nothing more than an inch. A knee think. hair. It really yeah, <laughs> a knee hair. Um, but yeah, a little, little disappointing for them. But, you know, rightly disallowed. They've they got to do better on those set pieces, though, man. It's so... It's crazy. Time yeah. and time and again, they're just getting caught out. Free runners getting, you know, their heads to the ball. And, you know, really, that should have been 1-1. He could have just planted his head on it. Um, we're doing, but it came we're from a long throw, didn't it? Yeah. It was, yeah. It's a long throw, and Sissoko kind of made a bit of a hash of it, it has to be said. Flicked it on to the back post, effectively, and Regulon shanked it over the bar. That was the corner. That was the corner, yeah. Uh, oh, from, was... For the disallowed goals. And Mourinho was was kind of quite keen not, not to make a big deal of that and sort of suggested afterwards that it was almost impossible to defend long throws and just sort of said there was, there was nothing we could do about that, which was quite you surprising. You can't press I mean, long could throws. Have, <laughs> could, have got, could have got a head on it. That's ridiculous. If, if, if Sanchez calls that header... Who's standing two feet behind Sissoko? It's headed away, and it's there's no theory. But but because Sissoko flicks it on Regulon, I, I thought did did fairly well with it, considering he had maybe a second before the ball hit his foot. It's it's more the corners not dealing with the first and then the second ball. The fact that we keep losing so many headers in our own areas is worrying, and and something that Mourinho will be, you know incredibly aware of and you imagine that he'll be looking at a big tall centre-back to come in and so I mean it's basically what Brentford did didn't they Brentford last year were conceding a lot of a lot of goals in the area and what they did is they went out and they signed two really tall centre-backs and that's cut out a lot of their issues so um, he'll be aware of it it is something that Spurs really need to cut out because it is the most annoying way to concede goals especially yeah. in the 80th plus minutes where it's like god it's a corner we're bad at corners oh they scored a goal that's very annoying. Hunter, <laughs> you, you mentioned Davinson Sanchez. I feel like we should touch on his performance here because there's a couple of little moments where you thought, oh, Davinson, Davinson. <laughs> it was just more of the same. I felt it was, you know, in the tackle, quite good. In terms of covering space, very good. You know, he is very quick. Um, but on the ball, still looks really uncomfortable. His passing hasn't come along as as I think... Spurs were hoping it would have come along by now. His distribution out from the back has still kind of hit the ball quite high and, and hopefully one of the players will get there. Um, he had a couple of moments where he was spun. One where he almost gave away a penalty. I think we have to credit him for not giving it away, but if the Brentford player goes down, there's definitely a there's a, there's a question that's going to be asked. Um, 
just all in all, he doesn't fill you with confidence. And what you what you need from your centre backs is just that supreme knowledge that they're they're going to give you a six out of ten every every week. <laughs> and he doesn't have to be much better than that. You know, they're not supermen, but they just can't give the ball away cheaply. They can't make mistakes on the ball. And I'm just uh, I'm I and I imagine lots of other Spurs fans are slightly worried about his progress. I think he started quite well. Mm. Sorry, just to pick up on that, he he seemed to come out with a point to prove, which is a kind of a running theme because Winks was quite similar. I thought when he got into the team, you know, he he was snapping into tackles, you know, trying to win sort of big headers, and I thought Davinson started in the same way, and I just think that Embuemo incident kind of drained him of confidence, Mm. and then after that, he, he just wasn't being nearly as kind of authoritative and looked a lot more tentative. And I think that's just suggestive of quite fragile confidence at the moment and you know, someone that doesn't really believe in what he's doing, which is, as Hunter says, it's a shame because I suppose need to be able to rest Dyer and Alderweireld occasionally. Roden, I'm not sure, is, is fully trusted by Mourinho and, and anyway seems to be ineligible in like every competition. <laughs> um, so, so Sanchez... <laughs> Yeah, Sanchez needs to be able to kind of step in and and perform at a certain level. I'm still hopeful for him. For for Roden, yeah, well, for both both of them, to be honest with you, mate. Like Roden, who knows? I have I'd be lying if I said I've watched loads of Swansea and and know loads about Roden. I've seen him a a few times for Wales, and he looks like a very uh, combative, uh, good centre back. But you know that that has to be tested in the Premier League, basically. Uh, and with with Davinson Sanchez, it just feels like he has all the tools to be a, a good centre back. And it's just about ironing those out and becoming, like I was saying, becoming that more steady, trustworthy, reliable centre back that that um, I think Spurs thought they were signing. And then uh, it's probably in there. Yeah, it, you just kind of hope that it all. It will surface sooner rather than later because I, Jose Mourinho doesn't seem to have as much patience with people as maybe Pochettino well, did in the past. I think you've got, you've got a point there, though. I think maybe that might be part of it because, as Jan Vertonghen said um, in his interview, it's quite an interesting interview. I think it was about was it last month where he sort of came out and was talking about it. He said he he was he said that you do feel like you're constantly watched by Mourinho and you do feel like sometimes he sort of hangs over you and is intimidating and, and you know not all players are going to respond really well to that I have to I have to be honest you know not every people are all different and you know it might just as Dan said if when it might lead to slightly more tentative performance which which is you can't you can't really you can't really have that at center back you need to be dominant dominating games Let's, we'll just do the one ugly today. Um, Jude, I'll, I'll come to you first on this one. What did you make of the, the challenge on Hoybier? Like, I mean, my, my immediate reaction was like, oh, that's a baddie. But since then, lots and lots of people have kind of come out in support and said it was completely unintentional. Still a red card for you, though? Oh, yeah, it was a red card. I wasn't straight away like, ah, oh, De Silva. You're a bastard or anything like that. It was just sort of like one. It was just sort of one of those things that happens. It was a bit. It's, it's kind of a weird challenge if if you like slow it down on the replay because his his feet seem to go like one up after the other and suddenly he's he's planted on his shin. Um, but it, it was a red card and um, he apologized on Twitter and Pierre said, "Look, it's all fine. I'm a Viking." So it, it didn't look great at the time, but 
I don't think there's any there's any ill feeling between yeah. those two. I think it's VAR all... got it right, didn't it? As well, that was that yeah. was a good use of VAR. It does seem weird that Mike Dean sort of had a look at it and then went, <laughs> yeah. my arm, <laughs> just let everything continue and then chomping at the bit. Yeah, you could <laughs> card out. see it at the time, mm. but hmm. he is probably the um, the the most theatrical red card giver, isn't he? He mm. reaches for his he pocket from about fifteen yards away. <laughs> you know, he, he's, he go hand goes to back pocket, so everyone knows it's coming. It's just like, oh, what version of the red card are we going to get today? <laughs> get the, the chest puffed out and the arm above the head. Mm. Classic. Or the off you pop with just a little brandish, and then off you go. <laughs> off, off you pop. pop. <laughs> Iconic. Elfie Pop really is iconic. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Dan, what did you make of the challenge? Because, I mean, for me, watching on at the time, I I didn't realise it was as bad as it was, sort of in real real time. Yeah, I didn't realise at the time how nasty it looked, but I think it was just a late challenge. I don't think it was intentional or cynical. It was a bad late challenge, definitely a red card. And definitely the right decision from from the VAR. So I don't think, as Mourinho said afterwards, I don't think you know, anyone could could really have too many complaints about it. There was quite a strong reaction from the Brentford bench, and you know you all have probably heard someone shout, "It's a disgrace!" And I think the view. I mean, you did hear that, right? Yeah, because I mean, yeah, everyone yeah. everyone in the yeah. press box and the stadium heard it. But I think the view was that Hoiberg was faking or or maybe overplaying it because he was also holding his head yeah and Brentford were on the attack so I think Brentford thought nothing's really happened here Hoiberg's trying to get the game stopped pretending it's a head injury because we're on the attack but actually as soon as the replay got shown the big screen which it did everyone kind of settled down and was like okay and his shit is broken so yeah, yeah I, I just think every, everyone kind of came to their senses and were like okay yeah, yeah fine okay. no complaints fine <laughs> brilliant right let's go on to the, the beautiful book and I mean Jude's mentioned Hoybier's tweet which I particularly enjoyed I thought that was a really classy touch but um I think, do you know, maybe we look at Jose's post-match again because there's a couple of moments in in that that just showed you that he is absolutely buzzing for the final. You know, there was so many little this, the the, the diving motion that he made when he was the talking about was other lovely. <laughs> other players. The fact that he was saying that he wasn't particularly happy with the performance when in actual fact it was it was like sort of peak Jose. You know, and and. The, the talking about not being able to press it. That, to me, was the Jose Mourinho that is like a like a pig in poo, you know, <laughs> rolling around in it, absolutely loving the way that the team sort of performed on the night. Well, as many others have pointed out, this is his cut, right? This is, he's up there joint with, with the other, I think he's won at three. Ferguson. Yeah, exactly. And, and Pep's looking to sort of Still there, there. Oh, sorry, crown. Clough, Ferguson, and Guardiola, and, Guardiola. and Mourinho all on four. All, all on four, right? Okay, so yeah. it really is his ego on the line now, and he probably, you know, he's more aware of his own sort of standing within the game than anyone else, and he likes to sort of bring it up often and a lot. So, so yeah, it really did feel like he was in his pomp. He, but also this, this is a competition that he clearly really wants to win, not just because he'll probably feel like it's his and he'll put his name in the record books as the, having won it, the, won it the most, but also because it will 
instantly just be that thing of I won a cup in one season when when Pochettino couldn't win one. <laughs> so, and it will be. There's just no other way of looking at it. He'll he'll love that and 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 then the Spurs, you know, the Spurs board will have been completely justified in what they did as well because, you know, at the end of the day it's about winning trophies for, for some people. Some people like the journey. I don't know those people. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't possibly say. <laughs> I love journey. Journey's great, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's Jude. I was talking about Jude, not me. Jude. <laughs> <laughs> it's, the, it's the perfect final, though, because Sander says it's Mourinho Guardiola. Whoever wins it is going to be the most successful ever manager in the League Cup. City have won it five of the last seven years. The other two years have been Mourinho winning it. So it feels like something's got to give. Mm. Uh, and I think he'll probably prefer playing City. He knows exactly how they're going to play. He's beaten them twice in exactly the same. I think so. I, mean, I think he, so. He just knows he's got their number. And a lot can happen in the next three and a half months. But I think it's pretty clear how the game's going to go, right? We can already say <laughs> with some confidence. What do you mean, Dad? What's going to happen? <laughs> An like, attacking end-to-end game, flowing football, <laughs> both teams. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> both teams open as an open Dan, book. who would you have preferred? I mean, for, in terms of giving Spurs the very best chance of winning it, I think probably Man United. Yeah. Again, Three and a half months is such a long time. Who mm. knows what kind of form they'll be on there. But I, w- I would probably have given them the edge. But I think from a, a narrative point of view, I think there's more to Mourinho versus Guardiola and Spurs versus City. And I genuinely think Mourinho w- w- will prefer it. I think United are way more unpredictable. It's a lot, a lot more difficult to plan for, for that type of game. Whereas, yeah, City, he, he knows what he's got to do already and he can... You know, from from Wednesday morning, he can start kind of drilling it into his players what needs to be done at Wembley on April 25th. Oh, God, I'm looking forward to it, I'd say. Yeah. Um, it's annoyingly far away. <laughs> <isn't it? laughs> yeah, well, we need something to cling on to at the moment, and I will be clinging on to that with both hands. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Jude, well, um, can you imagine a world in which Man City come three months' time is still playing without a recognised striker? And we're we're playing two teams just sitting off each other. <laughs> I can because Guardiola likes to do those little sort of moments of madness with the starting 11s, right? He did it against Spurs in the Champions League a few seasons ago when got in the quarterfinal, put, yeah, in the quarterfinals in the first leg, and we ended up doing the one nil. Um, so yeah, I think I mean if Aguero is fit and scoring goals, he starts, but like. Don't be surprised if he throws a little curveball out there, like a little De Bruyne false nine. That could definitely happen. Absolutely. Yeah, he's always got one of them in the one of them in the locker. <laughs> um, Dan, tell us a little bit about Marine. So it, FA Cup action this weekend. What have you learned so far? Because you spoke to their manager, didn't you? Yeah, I spoke to their manager Neil Young last <laughs> night. Uh, no, no gags, please. Yeah, it's, well, first and first of all, I really, really feel quite anxious about their second and final round of coronavirus testing, which is tonight, so Thursday night. So the FA are funding it. They were tested last Friday, and and Neil said they kind of came through that with no problems whatsoever. And there's another test tonight, and that'll be the last one before the game. And and they they'll be training 
um, tonight and also on Saturday. So they've got nine. They've got nineteen players, and they don't have a reserve team or youth team or anything. And so statistically, you think you know probably one or two of them might miss out, and that's just almost too gutting to imagine. I think for those those guys, particularly if they're players that have played a a big part in getting to this point, them to this point. So. Yeah, first of all, just kind of really hope that the game can go ahead without any hitches. Um, but yeah, it was it was a good chat, and, and the the main piece will be in the evening standard on Friday. But I mean, to, the main takeaway was that you know he is obviously taking it very seriously. They're not they're not just trying to make up the numbers, and he he was talking about you know all the analysis he's done on Tottenham and. One of the most interesting things he was saying was that he never really appreciated how good Kane is. So he said, obviously, when you're watching a game just to watch a game, you know he's a top player. But then when you start watching the game to to analyse an opponent and work out their strengths and weaknesses, you know you realise what he brings to the party is what um, Neil Young said, and he he basically quipped that he there's no way they can stop Kane unless he doesn't play. Um, and I think it's it's a measure of how seriously they're taking the game. But he actually said. You know, he hopes Kane and Son come up so you know he can meet them. But he said he hoped they they didn't start. So <laughs> it's not like Marina just are just hoping for a day out to play. You know the England captain. You know he he wants a, a Spurs team that they can cope with, um, and he wants to make it into a to a genuine contest. Um, I think the, the, their biggest regret and their, their kind of only regret really is that there won't be fans there. But he talked a little bit about the supporters that will be watching from the houses and trees that border their ground because uh, there's always people at, you know, looking out the window and climbing trees and stuff so th- there will be a few uh, fans who are watching uh, not on BBC One Dan quick plug where can where can people see the, the articles yeah the, the first piece with him uh, is on the Evening Standard website now and, and in today's paper Thursday's paper and then there'll be another piece where he, he talks about Kane and facing Mourinho and what the game means to them and, and how he's going to approach it in, on Friday's paper and online on Friday. Um, Hunter, who do you want to see start? Oh, it's Joe Roden, cup tied for this one. <laughs> They'll find Probably. a way. Somehow, <laughs> surely not. Um, I'd like to see Joe Roden, although you sort of imagine it's going to be a game where Spurs have the lion's share of the ball. Uh, I'd like to see Vinicius uh, I feel quite sorry for Vinicius recently. I don't know really what, what he's got to do to get a little bit more game time, uh, considering he has a fairly good return in the Europa League. And um, I'd like to see some of the kids as well, to be honest with you. I, I don't know what's happening bit with Jack. Harvey White. A bit of Harvey White. A bit of Jack Clark, who apparently is impressed yep. at the club since since he came back from loan. Um, I'd actually quite like him to go out on loan again, because his last, his last loan wasn't particularly successful and obviously Leeds wasn't Leeds I wasn't great for me either yeah so there is uh, apparently there is rumours that, that you know noises that he's apparently looking to go I'd like to see someone like Dane Scarlett get a bit of game time if, if he's about I'd, you know he's I, 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 I can't tell because because with Mourinho uh, you just get the impression he wants to win everything and he doesn't even want to risk you know the idea of even some sort of cup set um, but Really, this is a game where you can play a few kids. Um, Dennis Kirk and I mean, I'd love to see all these guys start ideally, but at the, at the, at the you know the risk of changing eleven players is quite high. So I imagine you'll get a few a few of the, few of the big boys mixed in with a fair amount of youth, and I think that would be a really good um, good test for them. And 
and from and from Marine. I have to say their their social media um, people have been on fire last couple of weeks. Yeah, very very uh, good. Them doing the, the team good. with who's watching from the numbers of each household that running through the team. That was so good. So <laughs> props to them. Really really good. Mm. Um, Jude, we're hoping to see a bit of Delhi in this one, or do we reckon maybe we've potentially seen uh, the last of him for now? Yeah, it's a bit sad that I, I literally just had the thought that oh, this is the perfect chance for Delhi, and I. No disrespect to Marine, but they're they're in the eighth tier, and Delhi can't get a game against in the Premier League or in the Europa League, and having to play in these FA Cup games. Um, so, I mean, he could score like a hat trick, and it would it would mean nothing. I don't think, unfortunately. Um, but I hope just to see him in a Spurs shirt again. What in what you know, January's a weird time, and it it might go either way, but could end up being one of his last appearances it would be nice mm, yeah but the athletic was saying that. um he wants to leave but spurs aren't aren't keen on it basically but you know that makes sense yeah <laughs> well, look, i mean by the, by the time we get to monday i think we'll have a much clearer idea um, <laughs> what are you saying if he doesn't get game time against i mean if you... tier opposition in the fa cup and also i think there's an attitude thing there that Mourinho is looking for I think mm. if he puts you in the starting lineup against Marine, he's expecting you to go out and play as if you're playing in the Premier League. Yeah, you know, as rightly so. Do you know what? Go and show that you're much, much better than these players you're playing against. That you know, there, there should be no ego here. It should be more a case of this is why we're much better than you, and this is why I deserve to be in the starting eleven. Um, yeah, and but yeah, that mentality of the FA Cup is another competition that we could and do have a very good chance of winning if all goes all goes according to plan you get a good draw Spurs are in the top four in the Prem therefore they should be in the semi-finals by rights you know? yeah we you know we've got the luck of the draw this year as well we've played three games and we're in a cup final we've also we've been drawn against the lowest team in the FA Cup and the lowest team in the Europa League you know we're are yeah. they the lowest team in the Europa League, Wolfsburger? They've got to be up Believe there. Believe right? so, yeah. yeah so. It's the largest <laughs> the gap Lux of in all lads. time, isn't it? <laughs> it's the largest <laughs> gap between two sides in the FA Cup of all time. But the Marine, the Marine game. Yeah, this is yeah. great. Yeah, this is great. <laughs> it's keep, just incredible. Keep getting ties. I, I, I think, <laughs> for what it's worth, I think Marine are preparing to play a pretty strong team. I don't think they're 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 expecting to see the likes of Scarlett and. Sirkin, and we we said it before we started recording, but Poch brought on Kane for like ten minutes or something at Tranmere a few years ago when it, when it was about five nil already. I think just to give the Tranmere fans and players the chance to say, you know, we've seen the England captain, we played against England captain, and mm. I suspect that kind of sentimentality will be in Mourinho's thoughts as well. He'll, he'll want he'll want to kind of reward Marine for getting to this stage because he is someone that sort of believes in the magic of the cups, isn't he? And I, I could see. Kane and Sana maybe in Dombele being sort of late among the, the sort of five subs fairly late in the game just so Marine you know when it's already kind of whatever you know four five six nil so Marine's players have a chance to say yeah we got absolutely rinsed by Dombele <laughs> I, I, tried to, I tried to run against Son and got outpaced that's a future athletic <laughs> nice to have the, the anecdote making, isn't it yeah. nice <laughs> to have the anecdote anyway uh, there, there's a yeah, there's something to be said for if Marine have two six foot eight centre backs out of nowhere, which I'd love, just sticking the ball in the air. I remember watching those FA Cup games where out of nowhere the opposition had a six foot ten player, 
and it always used to make it so interesting at corners, just like wrestling matches and being thrown to the floor. I, I don't, I don't know if they do, but that's how you beat Tottenham. If you listen, Marine, you just put the ball in the area on the scout. There's a guy who played for my my local team, Oxford United, called Kevin Francis. Who was a, who was I think six foot. I think nine that's who I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah I, I thought you might be. Yeah, and they, they they gave Chelsea they got Chelsea to a replay. Yes, that is what um, I'm talking about. I about didn't... You know, 15 years ago, and he was such a day. I think he scored in the first leg. He was such a danger. Yeah. Um, oh God, I do remember that. <laughs> yeah, see, remember that those are great. Out of nowhere, oh, I love when you don't off. really know the opposition, and out of nowhere you're like, he's massive. Look at him. <laughs> Stick it yeah, on he his was head. A St. Kitts, St. Kitts and Nevis International. Oh, yeah, it's stuff. it's either massive or rapid. Yeah, you know exactly. the, the the two things that no one wants in the FA Cup, um, and we'll we'll see how that one plays out. We'll be back again on uh, on Monday or Tuesday for you with another wrap up and looking ahead to uh, getting back to Premier League action. Got a couple of big games coming up, so make sure you do come and join us. I want to say a quick thank you to. Loads of people who got in touch in the reviews. So HGOO, S4109, Yakubu A, Koiz1992, and Munsky all with some really great reviews. So thank you so much for, for getting in touch. Do please leave us a review um, and rate the pod. It's very much appreciated. And get in touch as well. Follow the guys on Twitter. Or look, we'll leave our Twitter bio so you can get a hold of us as well. But make sure you follow the Oh What A Night Twitter uh, handle as well so you can keep up to speed. And we'll see you all next time. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.